Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. Welcome back. We're going to talk about guilt today. What do you feel guilty about today? <laughs> Let's just have this be a whole session about our personal lives. Um, Taylor, don't even start. <laughs> <laughs> just the list I saw the wheels going. Uh, guilt tells us we did something bad, something against our values. It's kind of like the rumble strips on the edge of the highway. It helps us stay in our lane. It's very proactive. I really like that we define it as something against our values. And I actually want to move away from the word bad because not everybody feels guilty about the same thing. No. And yet I might think it's really bad to cut someone off on the freeway, but some people don't think that's bad. I was just thinking that. (laughs) Yeah. Some people think it's a really good thing to do and a skill by Apollo burger and I get cut off every time coming into work oh Oh my gosh but I think it's really important to recognize that it's about your value system individually so what people feel guilty about is about them and not about you and that guilt is about wanting to correct something you feel is out of line with your values and it's a really healthy part of personal growth self-check feedback and just generally being human and having a moral compass. I think it's back to that idea too of just guilt evolves into shame when it is unhealthy. But when you are resolving guilt, I don't mean from a religious standpoint either, but when you're resolving guilt, that can go into a feeling of peace. It can go into a feeling of wholeness. Like So their guilt, I feel like, is that V- in the road where it's the deciding of like, okay, I'm in guilt, but you don't live in that intersection, right? You don't want to live in that intersection. You need to, it's a feeling that needs to be resolved. And unfortunately, a lot of people, they say, I don't think I can get rid of it, or I don't think I can give it up. Therefore, I need to live in it. Therefore, it becomes shame, right? It evolves into something else. Or along those lines that you shouldn't feel guilty. Yeah. Or there's, yeah, it's the issue of let's just ignore the feeling and essentially like numb out. I think it's important that we we recognize we are going to talk about shame in our next podcast. So yes. we are going to focus mm-hmm. on guilt and that feeling specifically today. So if you notice us not going to shame and you're like, but go to shame, we're, we know. We don't it, go to shame in this podcast, guys. <laughs> we do. And we'll go deep <laughs> next time. But I think it's, I think it's important to recognize a, this idea that guilt is a healthy part of attachment work. It's a really important part of realigning when there has been a disruption and or a rupture and is an attachment word a rupture in the relationship we will feel this could be our relationship with ourselves a significant person in our lives it could be with our moral value system it could be with our religious beliefs it could be with the law it could be with anything but it's a rupture in hey this is what was healthy oops i misstepped and a misstep is a normal human experience. Yes. Guilt is the sign of a healthy identity. Our identities are based in values. And if it's not based in values, it'll be based in emotional wounds. And if we have this identity based in values, we'll feel guilt. 
and it'll push us to continue to live within our values. It's a really important emotion. And it's important that we understand that guilt happens on levels, just like most emotions. There's a level one guilt, like, I forgot to call my friend today back, but you know, they're going to forgive you. You know, the rupture wasn't that big, you know, but you're like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to remember I put it on my calendar. That is a really low level of guilt. And I think because so many people see guilt only in a really high level, they, they, disregard that as a natural, oh, I want to fix that. I'm in a rupture. I need to repair it. Uh, One time I accidentally walked out of the grocery store with four gallons of milk. And uh, the next time I went grocery shopping, I was like, hey, I got my more four gallons of milk because that's how much I drink in a week just for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I was like, okay, I I need these four gallons of milk and I need you to charge me for four more because last time I came, I wasn't charged for four. And it broke the clerk's brain because they're like why are you like you got away with it just go but I felt guilty about it Uh, not high enough to like go just outside of my normal grocery shopping trip but Mm -hmm. I wanted to take care of it so it's funny to see how other people will react to your guilt and that's interesting too about guilt there's not always depending on the level of guilt I won't say not depending on the level of guilt is the pressure to respond Right. So when we have high levels of guilt, like that was a big misstep, a big rupture in what I believe or think we are pressure. We feel that pressure to respond quicker where when it's a little guilt, the pressure is not a little bit of lower scale guilt. It, the pressure is not as high. And so we don't have to rush to do it. When we talk more about when things move into like Haley said, when they move in quickly because of, because of education into shame, that's a very different So understand there is a pressure and depending on the level of rupture is how that happens. So because Taylor hadn't, he knew he would fix it. He could have enough self-compassion to say people do this and I've not hurt the grocery store. I have an intention. Then he was able to do that. And notice even in that story, other people may feel like Taylor, you should have fixed it quicker or or you shouldn't have fixed it at all. That's about their value system, not about Taylor's. And so Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to what we said is that it's about a self-identified value system versus what that you, that everyone shares the same value system. Yeah, exactly. I knew I was going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. I think I was talking about it with my women's group last night and we were talking about boundaries with people. And it was the whole concept of sometimes we feel guilty making boundaries with others. Like we're talking about values, values lead to boundaries, right? And so they were talking about how in the very beginning of their recovery journeys, making a boundary with someone and saying, Hey, my value is respect. If you can't respect me, that's fine, but you don't get to be part of my life. Right. And it's not saying you have to respect me by doing A, B, and C, right. They're looking at it and making a healthy boundary is saying, Hey, if you choose not to respect me, that's your choice, but that doesn't mean you get to be inside my circle. And they were saying originally when they were making boundaries, sometimes that felt, they felt guilt. They felt a lot of guilt come up. And I don't think it was shame. I think it was guilt of this idea, but that was them. Like you're saying about taking on someone else's value system. They were feeling guilt about the fact that someone else's value system wasn't being in a healthy space that needed to be. And I want to take this back to attachment because it's really important. Mm -hmm. When we have a value system that has been running a relationship, even when it's an unhealthy value system and we're starting to adjust that value system, we might feel discomfort and it might come in the form of, but this ruptures the norm. Yeah. And then you have to do a lot of mindfulness to say, you're right. I am rupturing the norm. 
and actually healing relationships, you do a lot of mm -hmm. changing patterns. And so that rupture is normal. So as a therapist, I talk a lot about as a therapist. So when I talk to my clients, <laughs> she I does it as a human being. I do it as a human being. <laughs> I can't stop. Anyways, um, I talk to my clients a lot about this idea that if you understand how to repair it, then a healthy rupture is okay. Yeah. So a boundary might feel like a rupture mm -hmm. and might create guilt. But if you understand that the repair is that I'm taking back a part of myself and I'm choosing to live in a new value system that I believe will actually serve me in our relationship better, understanding that repair will give them permission mm -hmm. to continue to rupture without guilt. Yeah, it helps us know that our priorities are shifting. It doesn't tell us that we're necessarily living outside of values. Uh, an example of this is um, three or four years ago, I was driving home with my wife and kids from a family Christmas party. We got hit on the freeway by a drunk driver. Um, we were all okay, uh, but the drunk driver began to flee the scene. And like the moron I am, I began to follow them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jenna and Haley are looking at me like I'm a moron. But in fairness, well, the last them, podcast we I, talked about how you can't win a foot race. We talked about that in the last. Podcast. I can't win a foot race. I can win a, a car chase. <laughs> okay, with the right car. With, like not in your with, car. <laughs> with, not, not in either of my cars. Um, flash my lights. Had nine one one on the phone. Got the plate, but they they did pull over. And again, like a moron. Uh, this would going back to our previous podcast about how you lose IQ points. I was going to say, like somebody <laughs> in your limbic brain, go ahead. You go. Absolutely. Completely in my limbic brain. Went out, knocked on their window. <laughs> Just even going back through this. What was I thinking? I wasn't thinking in my Excuse limbic me, brain. you were outside my value system. I was, <laughs> I was outside Jen's value system. Yeah. <laughs> like oh my gosh this is such a terrible story a great great highlighting story can't believe I did this kind of story and I was like hey uh you hit me yeah and they don't speak English I think we spoke their second language and they're like we did I'm like I'm pretty sure you know you did <laughs> you so, were fleeing pretty fast and uh they were like oh yeah we, we were just leaving DCFS um our kid was taken from us and they kind of told me this incredibly sad story, which I happen to believe that the three of us have lots of experience with DCFS. Mm -hmm. And so I value compassion and forgiveness. And I knew that having a hit and run and drunk driving on their record would not be helping them reunite with their child. However, I'd also been working on having my own boundaries and prioritizing myself and my family. And so I felt this guilt come up that these priorities uh, felt in conflict. And I stuck to the boundary of I need to take care of myself and my family because the last time I was involved in being hit and didn't call the police, uh, I wasn't made whole. So uh, the police came up, they performed a uh, field sobriety test, failed, unfortunately. Um, I'm laughing from anxiety now because I think it's funny. And uh, we were taken care of with insurance. But it was it was an incredibly sad situation. Yeah. I still sometimes wonder how that worked out for them. You bring up a good point with that story, though, about our boundaries with other people, especially I think that guilt comes up when we realize that someone lacks the information or lacks the background that you have. So we almost feel like we have to have guilt for that person. And I'm not saying don't. I'm like, be a hard-hearted person and don't care. But 
I think that that's a great thing of you noticing, like I can have a certain amount of guilt, but that doesn't have to lead to being responsible or, you know, have to be in charge of that. Sure. My empathy and compassion didn't need to compel me to feel like I did this to them. They had done this to themselves, unfortunately. Well, and I want to use that term too. Sometimes we, when we have values that conflict in the moment, we're choosing between ruptures. We're choosing in that case, Taylor, you were choosing between a rupture with your relationship with self-care and acknowledging your own needs and your rupture with your value of compassion and understanding which rupture would move you towards the goals you were working on is what eventually made the decision. If we were outside of guilt into a deeper, uh, into shame, you would see something different because then shame would propel you to make other people's values more important than your own. And we'll talk about it more next week, but I want to point that out that our values do sometimes conflict and we do have to step back and work through which value rupture am I comfortable with rupturing and repairing? And as somebody who, when you understand attachment, what you'll say is a healthy rupture is actually really good for a relationship. So understanding that you have a misstep or a rupture in the relationship with yourself or with other people or in your job and saying, okay, now I get to repair that, that actually strengthens the relationship. Absolutely. We'll upset our romantic partner, we'll upset our children, we'll upset our parents uh, if we're living within our values. Well, if we're just being human, we'll upset everyone. (laughs) Well, not everyone. We'll upset people at some point. And because we're not always fully conscious. We sometimes, part of our brain is to go into habit loops that allow us to live in unconsciously so that we're not taking up all our energy thinking through every decision at the level of an encyclopedia. Yeah. Which brings me, I mean, it brought me to the question too, when you guys are talking about it, you're talking about shame and how that feels. How do you recognize when it's guilt, I guess, when it's in like, and again, we're saying it as quote unquote healthy guilt, right? What does that feel like? What do you guys think that that noticeable differences. I would definitely say that healthy guilt is a, a mental awareness and and does have some emotional weight to it, but the weight is not all encompassing or heavy. There's a desire to fix and repair. Yes, it, it's guilt is naturally proactive. It pushes us to change. And that and that is a really good defining factor is that guilt will move you to the repair part of the mm-hmm. cycle. And and this is why some people hate guilt is they're like repairs never necessary. Yeah. Right? Okay, but that's that's a lie. That it's water under the bridge or it's not worth the time, it's not worth the effort, but like you said that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't repair if we don't repair our relationship with ourselves, with our with our loved ones, even in religion, if we don't repair moral or religious values, then we actually move into shame and humiliation. I'm sorry, humiliation was not good. We move into shame. There's some humiliation in that too, though. I think that can be part of it as well. So humiliation, I, I'm saying it's not humiliation because humiliation is something that's given to you actually in the True. research. Okay. Embarrassment is something. That embarrassment. Yes, yes embarrassment, thank you. Yeah. I was looking for the word. So it's it's shame and embarrassment can move into that direction. But again, in healthy attachment, and this is your relationship with anyone or anything, rupture repair increases the strength, right? So if I make a mistake with a relationship, say I say something I didn't mean to say to Haley and Haley says, Hey Jen, that was 
like that was painful. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean that to be painful. Let me, let me fix that. I want to say this. I want you to know that I care about you and I love you. And if I'm, that was not my intent. Yeah. I was Mm -hmm. in my crazy brain. I lost IQ points, whatever my excuses. But if I say that to Haley, me acknowledging the rupture for her and that that emotionally affected you. And I want you to know that we're in a safe relationship as friends, Mm -hmm. then she's going to be like, oh, wow, I got some safety with Jen. I feel the security. I feel like, you know, next time I'm struggling, if I need to talk about something, I can talk about it because Jen knows how to go through the guilt Mm -hmm. rupture repair cycle. And that's a lot of the work that you can do with a therapist. If you don't have somebody in your life that teaches you that, that you can move into doing what I call compassionate accountability. We find that most people are on the spectrum of either too compassionate or too accountable. And there's a really great movement in my head. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but I hope it's other (laughs) other people. There's a really great movement towards compassionate and accountability. And I focus on this idea of, I want to teach you to repair the rupture to improve your relationship. But to do that, we actually need a way to repair the rupture. We can't just say water under the bridge. And so in therapy, we'll rupture with you and repair. Yeah. Well, you're, what you're saying is like, um, Brene Brown talks about the, the friends you want to have versus the friends that are there and that aren't healthy. Part of it is they can feel that guilt with you, but they don't go into shame. They're like, yeah, that does feel really uncomfortable. And that does feel like you could have done better, but they don't go into it and go, and that's who you are, or you should feel even worse, right? Like that is that boundary you're talking about of like within that relationship of acknowledging that there's guilt there and the other person can acknowledge it with you. And that doesn't mean it has to go into this like unhealthy shaming game of mine's worse than yours, right? Or yeah, I don't know how you could have done that. That would have been so stupid, right? There's like, there's a healthy balance with it. And so I think within our relationships, it's okay to acknowledge guilt with someone. I think automatically when someone says like, oh, I feel so bad, we automatically go, oh, don't, right? But I think in a healthy like attachment, what you're saying, someone can say, I feel so bad and that's okay. And you, absolutely. And I want to mention that self-compassion, we'll talk about more about self-compassion and shame, but it, it is a natural place to go to normalizing it, a shared human experience. We all make mistakes. I didn't mean to, or I can fix it. It helps us be kind to ourselves. And then mindfulness of what did I really mean? Mm-hmm. And stopping and acknowledging the rupture creates this place for mindfulness that helps us with the repair. Yeah. The other thing I want to mention real quick is that as parents, it's really important that we acknowledge and normalize ruptures in ourselves and model that of saying, oh, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have said this, or you know what, mommy said this and I, I meant this or vice versa versus saying, mommy never makes a mistake. You make all the mistakes. We need to model healthy guilt cycles and attachment mm-hmm. rupture and repairs. Yeah, parents that never apologize or own their mistakes are very unhealthy and unhelpful for their children. Yeah. Well, or the opposite is true too. Parents who go deep into shame, and this is something that you'll hear as an adult child, what I hear a lot is I was a terrible mother. And I think, gosh, did I really turn out that bad? Like if you were a terrible mother, what does that say about me? Where what they're saying is, is that now that they know better, they would have done differently, which I absolutely don't. We all, isn't that the goal of human progression? But when you say I'm terrible, I'm awful all the time to your kids and you're in your own shame versus understanding how to process healthy guilt cycle in front of your kids you're actually kind of just saying hey here's my shame you get to carry yours and what's unhelpful particularly about saying blanket statements like that is that you're not actually owning 
what you did unhelpfully. If you say, I was bad or, you know, I messed up or something, without saying, I did X, Y, and Z, that's not actually guilt, it's shame like you were saying, Jen. And it doesn't actually help the other person that you're trying to repair with, because mm -hmm. you're just dumping all the negative emotion on someone else. Which is why self-compassion is an important part of the repair process for yourself. Because if I'm seeking, if I know I did something wrong and I'm coming to you and saying, make me feel better about it, that's a shame place. I'm looking for you to correct my worthiness. Yeah. And of course, we need to work on those in therapy when we have that belief that we're unworthy or unlovable. But if I'm coming to you as a lovable person and saying, I did this stupid thing, lost IQ points, whatever it was, I am really sorry, but I come from a place of lovable. I'm not asking you to prove my worth. I'm asking you to allow the repair. Mm -hmm. And it's a very different feeling. But when we come constantly saying, you need to tell me I'm lovable when I just did this really unlovable thing, it takes a higher level of processing on both parts to move out of that and say, here's your accountability. Here's mm -hmm. what you're responsible for. And, it, and we do this in couples therapy and family work. Here's what both parties are responsible for. Heal your internal compassion for yourself. And now we can come back together in a compassionate accountability and say, I want to be accountable and I'm moving forward versus I need your permission to move forward, which is a different, yeah. that that's a very different feeling. Agreed. So once we recognize we have guilt, what do we do? Where do we go with that? I think you acknowledge the value that you broke or what, what it, be specific. I think Taylor talked about the be specific. And then if you know how to repair it, repair it as quickly as possible and you'll feel the relief. That's how you know that you did it. Now you may have done it. If you're, you were in shame, you wouldn't necessarily feel the relief. So you may, may need to work through it differently and do more self-compassion or the other person may shame you and tell you it wasn't enough. That again, can be very difficult when you are in guilt versus shame though, you'll be able to say, and I've actually had that experience where I felt guilt. I attempted to repair. Somebody didn't accept the repair and they moved to shame of, I was bad for making a mistake. And I had to set higher boundaries boundaries yeah. and say, I can't, this was my phrase was, I can't be the villain in your story. Mm -hmm. That's my boundary. I won't treat myself like I'm less than just because I make mistakes because I believe in the human experience and then move forward. There are some people that won't be safe to repair with at all, in which case we'll have to do the repair work on our own. And that's something we'll address down the road. Absolutely. But it absolutely can be done in therapy and you don't need to repair with the person because again, guilt is about your value system. And when that's not healthy, then I want you to repair I want you to repair so that you have a better relationship with self, even when the other person isn't available. So if somebody was abusive or has passed on or can't take accountability because they don't understand, those are situations in which the repair and the accountability is really powerful. Absolutely. Another person is not required for closure and repair. Yeah. Um, one last thing around guilt before we end today. Guilt is an incredibly hard emotion to recognize in another person. We mess up all the time. And I don't just mean we as therapists, I mean we as people. The police uh, misattribute guilt 
in suspects frequently. This uh, thing that we do as people where we think someone is guilty when they're not, we call it the fundamental attribution error. It's where we think someone must be guilty because they're presenting a certain way. You know, they're sweating, kind of anxious, so they must be guilty. Or cutting someone off in traffic, it must be because they're a jerk and they're a terrible driver and not because they are, you know, pregnant and in labor and trying to get to the hospital. Or a new driver who doesn't know any better. Yeah. Right. And so the fundamental attribution error is all about, you know, we'll give ourselves this grace and understanding when we make a mistake, but when someone else does it, it's because they're a bad person. And so uh, this comes down to guilt a lot, where we'll think someone is guilty because they look a certain way, or they're acting a certain way, or they're saying certain things. But guilt is really hard to spot in other people, which is unfortunate because it would make life a lot easier. I know, right? It's also good, though, to recognize the idea that when we're saying guilt, essentially like stay in your wheelhouse, right? Pay attention to your guilt. And I think if you're noticing the guilt in someone else, that's awesome. But it's also just we're not trying to interpret it for anyone else. That's that's their responsibility to do their work for that. I think for me, in the time that I have been in this work, the best thing that I've learned and the most healing I've seen is that when I can walk someone through a compassionate accountability for an experience, it will move everything into a guilt frame out of a shame frame Mm -hmm. and teaching the repair process and validating it is now repaired is a really important part of therapy and that and really I think it's a sacred work yeah sometimes we'll be upset that someone else isn't feeling guilty like you were saying before Jen because values are different values are always we can have the same value around I don't know empathy for example or honesty but the duration the intensity and frequency will be different you know might have the value to go to church on Sundays or synagogue on Saturdays But how long do you stay at church or how often do you go to church? How much do you participate at church will be different. And the same couple, two different people in the same couple will have a different idea of the duration, intensity, and frequency there. And one person might not feel guilty about how much they participate or the other person might not feel guilty about how often they go. And I think that goes back to this idea that guilt is based in values and not behavior. And if we can go back and Haley brought this up, that boundaries are all based in values as well, not behavior. So when you do find that different behaviors and maybe you feel like somebody's guilty of something because the behavior is different, checking in with a shared value can help you. It, it, it That in and of itself is a repair. If you feel like the behaviors are ruptured, check in with the value to do the repair. Absolutely. And if we're working to repair uh, and we make a mistake or we've made lots of mistakes and we're working to repair, we may be believed. And that's going to be normal we haven't earned the benefit of the doubt yet and someone else won't be able to know because all they can go off of is consistency that's something we'll get more into down the road as well thank you for listening to our podcast you can find us on apple Podcasts and spotify please feel free to rate subscribe and review And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We would love to hear from you. 